0: Welcome to the Rainbows and Rain podcast, the podcast for early interventionists. My name is Erica, and I'm an ECSE teacher in Minnesota. r is about connecting through stories and reflecting on practices on visits. Listen as I share how I try to put best practice and research to work in real life and on real visits. I hope this podcast helps you connect and reflect on your own visits and interactions with families. Welcome again to episode 21 of the Rainbows and Rain podcast or like I like to call it the R&R podcast and we are now on Instagram so check us out at rainbows underscore rain underscore podcast and you can see all the episodes on there and little helpful Things as you are working with families and working on your practice. So check it out there. I wanted to reflect today on the five characteristics of coaching, kind of going a little bit back to basics a little bit. But I've noticed the episodes um, that are most liked on the podcast are the episodes where we talk about uh, the you know, specific coaching strategies and uh, characteristics. And I like to say we, because even though I am the only host of the R&R podcast, I imagine all of you listening in your cars or in between visits or wherever you are listening to podcasts um, and reflecting on your prod Reflecting on your practice, that we're kind of all in this together. I also would love feedback for the podcast. I, I love getting feedback. You can leave that on the Instagram accounts. You can DM me or leave a comment on one of the episodes or one of the posts. I can also be reached by email too. So check it out. So, with the research that Rush and Sheldon have put out in regards to coaching, <clears throat> there are five characteristics of coaching. And remember, coaching is an interact- interaction style. It's how you interact with families, how you talk with families. It's a very intentional practice. So while it might seem like, oh, coaching is just talking or You know, whatever myths you might have heard about coaching, Um, coaching is very intentional and it takes a lot of practice. So let's talk about those five characteristics of coaching. Um, I'm just going to go in any order. There isn't a particular order with coaching that these characteristics, characteristics flow in except for joint planning. So I love talking about joint planning because joint planning should happen at the very beginning of the visit when you're checking in with families to see how things have been going in between visits and you're reviewing the plan from the previous visit that you had set up. So what did the family or what did the caregivers say they wanted to practice What did they want to focus on and how did that go? So with coaching, there should always be a joint plan. I heard another provider uh, in a training once say, I don't want to put any more on the family. Um, I don't want to give the family any more to do. Uh, Families are going through a lot and to put one more thing on their plate is I I feel like unfair. Uh, What I'm going to say to that is if you truly are joint planning with a family, the family is going to tell you what they're going to do. The family or the caregiver is going to decide what strategy they're going to do and when they're going to do it. They're going to decide for themselves um, what they're capable of that week, given what's going on in their own life. So keep that in mind that the joint plan is not homework. It's not something you give the family. It's honestly something that I feel like the family decides and you help create it um, if they need help with some guiding questions and things like that. And then your job is obviously to record it and follow up with it on the next visit. So that's joint planning. The I, I pretty much ask the standard question at the end of every single visit, depending on how the visit went. I'll say to the caregiver, so given everything we've talked about today or everything we've practiced, what do you want to focus on between now and our next visit? So it's really p- giving them the control over Uh, what's going to happen during the week. And they might need some help coming up with that uh, plan. But you'll be surprised at, you know, I've really had families really take ownership of this and really feel like, yeah, I can do this. And, And I'm also in charge of their growth and development and things like that. So that's how I tend to end every visit or that's how I start creating the joint plan when I return to the next visit and when I'm checking in with the family at the very beginning on how just how life is going I will say to them so last time we talked you or last time at our last visit you said or you wanted to and then how did that go how well did that work um was their time to do that? So it's not something like, you know, you're kind of, you're holding them accountable a little bit, but it also is a partnership, very much a partnership. And they'll share with you whether with all the best intentions, it just didn't work out, or, you know, they had some failures, so it was really hard, or they had some really great successes, and you'll find out even more things that happened during the week. So that is kind of, in a nutshell, joint planning. Okay, moving on in no particular order. Observation. This is one where I feel like lots of people struggle with a little bit because observation happens one of two ways. It is the caregiver observing you while you maybe model a strategy with or without the child. And it's also where you get a chance to observe the caregiver and observe that routine. And most people feel uncomfortable asking their caregiver if they could observe. And it, it's a tr- it's a tricky balance for sure. For myself, I like to see things and visualize things and and see how they look before I, Give advice or suggestions or feedback or maybe model something. So that's that has been my rule of thumb and it's really worked. So ask first, then model if needed. So for example, Um, you could and this is where I feel like catchphrases really come in handy so developing your own set of phrases where it's an invitation to ask the caregiver to see something so through your discussion you know maybe saying can you show me what that looks like or can you tell me more about that or can I see where you do that Um, or see where that happens so it's really just an invitation to having the caregiver show you. And then, and typically, caregivers are more than willing to show you because they're kind of explaining something that they want help with. And if showing you is going to help them, they typically are more than willing. Um, or if you notice that maybe the caregiver's a little more hesitant to show you, um, maybe just describing it or doing it without the child present or without the child in the in the routine. Maybe that's a little less intimidating for the caregiver. Um, but again, it's an invitation. We don't want to force caregivers to show us something they don't want to or that they're self-conscious about. However, um, you know, it, it's really helpful and I think most most are really willing to do that. So I tend to ask first, ask first to see, and then observation when they are watching us. So the modeling. And modeling is should be really, really intentional. So for example, um if you are showing the caregiver something, you either explain to them ahead of time how and what you're doing and why you're doing it and then maybe giving them a job to do like watch as your child reacts when I do this or notice what I do with my hands Um, I'm actually not very good at that giving the caregiver a job to do because I tend to just kind of think on the fly so I might say can I show you another way or watch as I hold all the pieces to the game or the puzzle or the thing that your child wants and let's see what happens. Or sometimes I simply start out, can I show you a different way? Um, or can we try another way? Uh, that, those are typically my catchphrases, but you can come up with your own too. Um, and then when I'm done modeling, I automatically turn to the caregiver and I talk about what just happened so I might point out things like did you see how I did this how I offered two choices and they reached for both so I you know immediately um, put one down and just focused on that one choice um, and imitation or whatever the strategy is you might think that parents are catching onto every little thing that we do that comes so natural to us. But I find that if I don't explain, about 75% of what I've done, it gets missed. So that's just kind of really important. And also when you point out things while you're modeling, they're going to start to come up with their own ideas and start to generalize that strategy to other routines or activities in in their own daily life. So, I that's that's my takeaway with with observation. So, observation is one of the characteristics of coaching. It needs to happen and how that looks can be different with every family. Um, but just know that it, it should happen. Uh, there's a great handout called the, um, I think, Seven Steps to Intentional Modeling that Rush and Sheldon have. Um, I think you can find it on my Google site, um, but you can also Google it yourself and, and find it too. All right, the third characteristic of coaching, and that is action practice. So action practice is really what you've decided... Um, the skill the strategy and the routine what that plan is that plan of action it happened in between visits and or you came up with the plan during the visit and now you're gonna put it into practice you're gonna try it I like to think of it as as a good way to explain it uh, with the babies I work with or young infants when you're working on Let's say teaching an infant to roll, and you talk about different strategies. You thought you talk about what's what's going on, what's what's hard, what obstacles are are in the way, and now you come up with a plan, and now you're going to practice it. And the caregiver will practice it. You'll practice it. Um, you'll kind of decide how it looks or what motivates the infant, um, and all of those things, so that it's just that plan of action, and it's usually. Um, part of the joint plan as well as to what's going to happen during the week. However I think the one catch with action practice is sometimes there's not any time for it. So let's say the majority of the visit was spent kind of observing a routine and how it's going and then problem solving how to overcome the obstacles of what The caregiver wants to have happen in that routine. So I have found that on some visits there just isn't any time for practice. It'll have to happen during the week and that's okay. So with these five characteristics even though many of them overlap and many of them bleed together you might not see every single component or characteristic on every single visit. With the exception of joint planning, and that's okay. Okay, the fourth characteristic feedback. So, when giving a caregiver feedback, that's when we share our expertise, our experience, our observations of what's happening during the visit or during the practice of a strategy or it might be something we respond to once the caregiver has shared something with us it's our chance to say hey that's working really well for you or hey I see that you're really happy with that outcome or you're really happy with how that is going or I can tell that you x y and z so it really gives caregivers a confidence boost when we give them feedback on how we see how well things are going or when we share our expertise when it comes to things like sensory or feeding or problem solving so or how we know things that can help their child um You know, for example, when parents are stuck and they're, and they're, they don't know why they're stuck, that's our opportunity to kind of give them feedback. So I, and again, feedback, I feel like is one of those characteristics that really weave in and out of every practice or every, you know, step of a home visit. So um, it's something that's really important. Parents need to hear that they're heard and they're seen and that their efforts are paying off. Okay. Last characteristic, fifth characteristic, reflection. Reflection is huge and uh it's it's really important and it can happen again at any time during the visit, but it's really asking those questions and really thinking about how things are working. I think it's great to have catchphrases, like I said earlier, um, when it comes to reflective questions. So things that you already have ready to go when parents um, start talking or start sharing or showing you certain things that are either working or not working. So instead of jumping in and giving suggestions and giving solutions and giving answers, ask first. So start asking those questions like how well is that working or what is the hardest part about or um, tell me why it's working or why it went so well or what's changed to Make that happen. So it's really getting the caregiver again to kind of think about what's going on and how to maybe fix what is going on so they can make it better. I have this um, mom I'm working with right now, and it's really interesting to interact with her because if I ask one question, she will start talking, and in all of her talking, she will answer her own question to her own problem. So it's it's really interesting to kind of watch and and see happen and see that process happen with just very little um feedback from myself. I just have to ask like really simple questions like what would it look like if you started bedtime earlier. This is just an example of um We had a visit last week and we were talking about adjusting her child's bedtime because we kind of think he's getting overly tired and so she's kind of missing that window. So then he gets really rubbed up. So and I think he is like looking at his hours of sleep and things like that. Um, We were missing a window. And so we had to kind of problem solve a little bit, um, balancing her son, who I'm working with, with her older daughter, who also has a lot of needs, um, what would it look like to start bedtime earlier? What would you need to do? And she talked and talked and talked. And at the end, she had came up with her own solution. Um, she knows her bedtime routine the best. Uh, so she came up with her own solution on what to do with her older daughter, who's who needs to go to bed, at a certain time um, based on medication and things like that and how to get her younger son to bed sooner. So it's really fun to watch like I didn't need to give you any answers or any solutions that might have not even worked for you because I don't know every micro routine or every step in your evening routines and schedules you do and she really did that on her own so just by asking some of those reflective questions um like what's getting in your way from that happening or what do you need to make that happen or just all of those like awareness questions those analysis questions um those broad questions too as well as you know everything else, so reflection and there's tons of information out there on reflection. Uh, but asking those reflective questions, I feel like that's when b- problem solving happens too. Uh, but again, ask first before you give solutions. Has has kind of been my um, kind of mantra with with reflection, and I think it's that's kind of been my. My um, oh, I can't think of the word right now, but uh, I can't think of the word. But anyways, theme, you know, that's kind of been my theme with my visits and with my practice is always ask first before you share or show. And I've gotten a lot more parent participation and caregiver participation. I've gotten a lot more. F- uh carry which has been really nice uh and things like that so again so these were the five coaching characteristics and then but there's also some coaching truths you know i did a i did a episode on um coaching myths and coaching quote facts but then there i feel like are some coaching truths out there that we need to talk about too so for example this is hard stuff, I feel like. Um, And it's definitely hard in the beginning. So it's hard to resist the urge to show a family what to do when you know what to do, right? So that's hard. That's definitely a coaching truth. Um, It's hard to not tell a parent what the answer is when you know you could probably offer a quick fix and it would solve all their problems it's hard but again most people don't want to do what they're told they want to come up with a plan for themselves um if people and parents just did what they were told um I guess everything would work a lot better or work a lot smoother. And the truth is that strategy just doesn't work all the time. So that's another coaching truth. Um, asking to observe can be really uncomfortable. That's, again, another coaching truth. Um, but once you've asked, it's kind of done. It's kind of out there. And you're building that relationship. And it's less uncomfortable to ask the next time you want to observe something so so there's that so definitely some coaching truths reflection is tricky feedback often sometimes gets forgotten about but don't forget to give parents that feedback that's so important especially when it comes to boosting their confidence really pointing out and taking a breath and pausing and celebrating in that moment that they shared something went really well because sometimes it's so hard to see the progress day in and day out when you're working with that child as the parent or caregiver and when we come and we see it we see things that they don't necessarily. So it's good to take a breath, take a moment, and just celebrate some of those things and give them that feedback um, that they need. Okay, that is going to wrap up the five coaching characteristics and this episode of r and uh, Thank you again for joining me and listening to everything from Joint Planning to observation the action practice that happens on visits the feedback we give families and caregivers along with the reflection we do with parents and caregivers so thanks again Uh, you can find us on Instagram at rainbows underscore rain underscore podcast and tell us your coaching truths what's hard what's What's going well? What's tricky? What don't you agree with? I'd love to hear that too. If you're struggling with with some of these, with some of these things, so again, please don't forget to rate, review, and follow the podcast. And I hope you join me again for another episode of Rainbows and Rain.